Kiora, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Hello, my name's Kathy and this is Ellen, and we're Hello. from Inside Out. And we're here on Wellington Access Radio, that's 7.83am. And today, we are going to be talking about... Um, so we're going to be talking about movies and TV shows... And, and literature. And literature that yep. have queer themes. Yes. Because we're allowed mm. to um, talk about whatever we want. Alex's exact words would go crazy. <laughs> so we decided we'd like to talk about... Um, yeah. We want to talk Lots about books we like. Talk about things that um, that influenced us when we were when we were going on our queer journeys and we were figuring out our sexualities when we were younger, um, and recently as well, and um, things that had an impact because it's so important to have representations of different sexualities out there through media, through varying media, um, to help people discover things about themselves and to see their experiences represented. Oh my God, you have notes. I have notes. You I'm know, this is, this is notes. me. I'm always prepared with notes. <laughs> <laughs> we're a good balance. <laughs> yeah. Should um, probably also say we're the Inside Out radio show. Yeah, definitely. It's called Speak Out now, I believe. It is called Speak Out. I love yeah. that name. Um, okay, yeah. so yeah. Um, and Kathy and I occasionally fill in the radio show. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we've taken it together. Just the two of us. Yeah. Too exciting. <laughs> Kathy's my girlfriend. Yep. Um, and I believe I'm her girlfriend too. Is that correct? Uh, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. oh, I thought I'd tell you on air. <laughs> so you might want to turn it off if you don't like disco music, because I decided that we're just going to do disco music. Fantastic. So you're in for a, <laughs> um, a raving half an hour. <laughs> well, if you tell me I can do whatever I want. You're going to go crazy. I'm That's do right. I want. You're all or nothing. I should have known this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you've got some notes. Where, where are we starting? What's, on the, what's at the top of the show? The top of the show? Um, well, I thought we'd just launch right in, eh? I've got some things I wanted to talk about. There's two particular things that I read and watched um, that influenced my queerness when I was younger. Should I just leap in and talk about them? No. Um, <laughs> what, what, what are they? All right. Oh, so um, the, the book, I'm a huge reader. I'm a librarian um, and I read all the time. We often have reading dates. I'm sorry to be disgusting. Um, <laughs> but um, books are a huge part of my life. And when I was about 10, I read a book called Country Girl, City Girl by Lisa Jane Clow. And it's just, there's, it's about a relationship between a country girl and a girl from the city. You don't say. Oh my goodness. You thought they could have spelled that out clearer, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the city girl comes to stay in the country. And um, the country girl is completely taken with her because she's entirely different to her in terms of energy and background. (gasps) I just thought it's so similar to um oh sorry it's so <laughs> similar to that Emily Blunt movie oh my we'll get back god because that, um, that was a fantastic movie too I didn't think about that we yeah, need to talk about I this absolutely okay, we, we remember the title but we we will have to return to that later yeah it's oh not because I'm so going to look it up carry on about Country Girl City Girl um so so um there's one moment so they, basically they start up a romantic friendship is what I would call it um they get very very close and there is a moment when um. They're out somewhere getting a soda or something lovely and innocent. And um, the city girl um, is touching the country girl's wrist. And the way she touches her wrist gives the country girl extreme butterflies. And she's never experienced this, this before. And she she feels like it's almost a dangerous moment because she's discovering something so 
so primal and so strong in her that she doesn't know how to deal with. Um, and when I read it, I felt it <laughs> because I wanted to be that girl. I wanted, I, I wanted to experience it, and I, and that's one of the one of the times when I was younger that um, I subconsciously realised um, that my sexuality was not what I expected it to be. Um, but I didn't articulate that to myself for a long, long time afterwards. But yeah, so that book was fantastic, and I want to see it in the school library that I work in, but it's not there. <laughs> Maybe I'll try and push for that. Very lovely. Very lovely. Should we um should we mention um the film that we've just mentioned is called My Summer of Love. Yes. And um Emily Blunt is in it and I, I don't know the name of the other actress, but it's fantastic and it's we along the same lines. Because, we can find um, out for you. We actually have the Wikipedia page open because we're, Natalie we're very good at research. Press. Uh, we're very good at research. Right there. Okay, I'm gonna believe um, you because I can't find it. That's all right. Um, oh, there it is. And it's it's very dark, and it's about a, a, they have different classes. Like um, Emily Blunt's character is a lot more well off. And can I talk now? Yeah, of course, you can. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do all the time. We're both just really excited about talking, mm. and so sometimes we have to be like, "Is it my turn?" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. I want to talk about this one. Yeah, go on. You okay. turn stage. It reminds me of when um, we used to have dinner parties with my neighbours and then um, the mum would interrupt and then she'd say, can I tell the story? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Oh, anyway. Um, so summer, my summer of love um, is a very dark film. I'm not sure if you've heard that before. I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. Um, Kathy was being silly. Okay. So... Um, Doing? I'm making sure the volume's loud enough. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, if it's going, it's meant to be going around like here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, carry yeah, on. It's, it's, it's the thing about a live show is that she's concerned. You know, when you were talking, it just kept going up to here. Because I'm closer to it. And she, we've, it's already been set up for us. Okay, you're right. Just, just, just continue. It's fine. Okay, now we're arguing about the volume. I'm going to just get back on topic because <laughs> I'm going to assume people can hear us. Call in if you can't hear us. Just kidding. I don't know how to do that. Um. <laughs> 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 um Ooh, the pressure of oh, live. Um, okay, so yeah, so basically, when Kathy was talking about the class structure, it's yeah, that's what I was saying. It reminded me of Country Girl, City Girl, because um, the Natalie Press character, her name's um, Mona. Um, she is yeah from a from a working class background. I took that from the Wikipedia page. I'm not gonna lie. Thanks Wikipedia. Yeah, thanks Wikipedia. <laughs> um, and then. Um, Emily Blunt's character, who's called Tamsin, she is a bit more well off. I definitely say she's quite well off. She, um, they meet when she's riding along on a horse, mm-hmm. and then um, she kind of ad- adopts her in a way, I'd say, mm-hmm. and um, just takes her kind of on this whirlwind. Mm. Yeah, shows her the ways of the world, and Shows I feel like it's it's um, Tamsin that <sighs> leads the relationship, doesn't she? She she makes it progress. I think it's very good. I recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on? <laughs> um, do you want to have a go? <laughs> <laughs> do I want to have a go? Okay, so I was just thinking about those... Um, I'll get closer to the mic. Those past experiences where you kind of like have that aha moment. Mm. I think that's kind of what I wanted to get at the most when I picked the theme for the show. Um, and mine was actually... And I kind of think it's quite stereotypical and maybe a little bit cheesy... I'm just going to say anyway. So it's because I'm a cheerleader. Oh, yeah. And um, she has this experience where 
Um, okay, so the basic premise of Because I'm a Cheerleader, and if you haven't watched it, then obviously you need to. It's kind of just like a quintessential queer film. Mm. It's actually quite good, and it's quite funny. It's um, very um, campy, <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so basically she is given t- taken to a camp where they try to, like, uh, make her not queer. Yep, basically. Just straighten her out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a whole bunch of other queer people there as well, and it's a bit disastrous Absolutely. because, as we both well know, that's not a thing that can be done, nope. not without disastrous effects. But they take the, the, this spit on it isn't actually sad. It's not like a, a sad camp or anything about it. It's 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 a it's a com- comedic take on that. So, um, but when she's at high school. Uh, she's told, like, you're not normal, you're not like other people, we, we think you're a lesbian. And she's like, I can't be a lesbian because I'm a cheerleader. Because those two things are mutually exclusive. Mm. But that it was that part of the film where she was, like, denying it, that denial that really, I think, yeah, it struck with me, and I'm sure it's struck with a lot of other people, and that's why it's such a popular film. Um, but I just remember being quite young and feeling really guilty watching it, and I couldn't figure out why. Yeah, you don't know two years afterwards. Right? Yeah, Sometimes. years and years afterwards, and Absolutely. it wasn't when I was until I was looking back. And and it's yeah, it's it's difficult being um, bisexual and knowing you're attracted to men and being like, okay, so this is something that's normal and something that I can pursue. And never really actually facing, oh, I'm attracted to women, but surely lots of people are attracted to women. And that's Mm. true. A lot of people are attracted to women. Even some straight women, you know, find other women attractive. Mm. But it is something that should be explored and looked into. A lot more people um, can explore their queerness than is um, popularly said so or explored in mainstream media. And I think that's... um, There's a lot of grey areas... um that just aren't touched on in terms of media. Yeah, in terms of stories that are presented. Um, I should say, and I don't want to correct you, Alan, I'm not trying to do that, but I oh, should you say that... Me. <laughs> I should say that in case, in your case, um, your bisexuality um, is... Uh, you're attracted to women and men. But, oh, um, yes. of course, when we say bisexual, we do mean... Um, that people are attracted to the same, same gender, gender and other others. genders. Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to I'm trying to put oh, that no, out there as well. Like, hey, you know, it's a personal oh, no, 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 I know, I know, I know, definitely. <laughs> I just thought for our listeners who and this might be the first time they're coming across the term bisexual, but I just you know what? Bisexual. The thing is though, I think I'm just having one of those like aha moments in general. I think we're too careful. You like, reckon? Yeah. True. Like we are queer. And, like, we can't be perfect. We should definitely check our privilege, eh? Like, we have heaps of privilege yeah. being who we are. I just want to... Oh. It's just striking to me right now that, okay. like, we're talking about these things. Yep. And people need to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. And people appreciate that. And if people have to come forward and actually correct us, then it's a learning opportunity. Definitely. You know, no, we're not trying to offend anyone. Actually, this really ties in with what we wanted to get at with this um, radio show. Because we wanted to talk about um, the power of literature and different media for... Um, uh, helping people and we wanted to you said it like hey, um, how you said uh, create the media you want to see basically yeah. write the stories you want to read yeah. um, because there aren't enough and um, I'm an actress so a lot of the time I've been in situations where we've been c- trying to devise or create a play with a story that covers all um, identifications possible and is trying to be as careful as possible but you just can't do that no, no, you know no way and you also ju- yeah. I don't think that you 
Sorry, just one no, little on. critique. I don't think that you should um, diminish the quality of something by making it diversity heavy. Like, obviously, mm. make your main characters um, not white. Like, that, that oh, is just yeah. the beginning. We need representation in that. But don't try to represent every single possible no. um, different minority because then you get something like oh, Glee. Then, oh, and you know Glee just well, doesn't the really... I don't know. <laughs> I'm very so. sorry to I don't think so. <laughs> Whoops. Um, and Glee just doesn't really work. No. Um, I think. And I think, I, I don't know, like it's really cool that they represent all of those diverse figures and some of the coolest characters have been established on Glee. Yeah. I think Kirk's quite cool. But that's that's a conglomerate of diversity, right? Like it's, I feel like you sacrifice those subtle mm, character, I don't know, growth moments this is really yeah bad. because yes yeah you're trying to cover absolutely character everything development, yeah. yeah um but yeah big and also because there's just so many characters with so much going on and you're like oh i've got to go over here and look after this and yeah, rushing look after around too much. but also they're not really listening to those people's stories and not really giving them due justice is that absolutely yeah absolutely and i think there's a lot of bad queer media um, is that fair for me to say? Absolutely. I Just think, because it's queer doesn't mean it's perfect. No, but like I think that what is out there isn't actually really doing it for anyone. Like, you know, it's like no. the thing, for example, where um, if you introduce a queer female character, she will die at some point. What is that? And that? I know that a lot of characters in TV shows die, but it's almost like habitually those characters will die. It's convenient, right? Because yeah. there there's only one and or two, so, so why not I'd, kill them off? Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't come up with this. You know, this no. is a thing. It's on Autostraddle. They have a Definitely. list of every lesbian character that's ever that's died. That's been killed off, including the 100, which was awful. Talk about your experience with the 100, Kathy. Oh, okay. So um, the 100 is fantastic in the way that it presents bisexuality in its main character, which isn't talked about. There is no episode where she comes out to everyone, where she even talks about it. She just is queer. She just has relationships with um, people of the same gender as her and, and opposite genders and it's and other genders, and it's just... It just is what it is, and it's one of the first times I've ever seen that in, on TV happen, and it's so great. Um, but yeah, she um, she finds basically the love of her life, and in this wonderful warrior figure, Lexa, and then Lex. Sorry, this is a spoiler, but Lexa dies. She's killed off right when they're at the height of their romance, and that was very frustrating. <laughs> so this happens time and again, and yeah, there's a whole thing written about it. And it's, yeah, it's absolutely. Not good <laughs> and I feel like after that happened, we just both kind of checked out. Yeah, and I did. think a lot of the queer audience did. Mm-hmm. It's just because I liked the 100 before the introduction of Lex's character, mm-hmm. but I think it was, it really captured our imagination. It did. When she finally found this equal relationship where they respected each other and wonderfully was, and loved each other. Yeah, and it was such a. a a juicy relationship passion. and that there was so, it was passionate yeah. and that there was so much at stake there because they're yeah. both in positions of power but a lot of the time on opposing teams mm-hmm. um, but then they just went kill her off because they're like oh this will this will further the storyline <sighs> yeah but I the thing mm. is we have so little queer representation that can I can the characters just not die can they have more character development maybe oh my goodness don't even get me stories? started on faking it no <laughs> That is too much. That would take a couple of hours to get yeah. through that. I was we won't go that. There. We almost have too much to say. We have too much to say. So we I, had, I was very emotionally invested in faking it as well, which is an MTV TV show about 
um, two students, yep. two cisgendered women, yep. who um, fake mm. being a lesbian couple. Mm-hmm. Their words, not mine. Um, <laughs> and, but no, neither of them are lesbians, really. No, they're not. And one of them certainly isn't. She and she. It's Amy and Karma, and Karma doesn't fall in love with Amy, but Amy, through the process of being in a fake relationship, falls for Karma. Yep. And it takes them about three seasons to even mention the word bisexual. That's the one thing I say about it, is that Amy likes men, and, and she likes women, and so she liked her own gender and other genders. But yeah, as you said, she didn't want to identify with the label bisexual. No. Which is which like, is fine. fine out in the real world, but this is a TV show. This is an artifice. So yeah. why can't she give us some bisexual representation? Yep. And Orange and the New, Orange is the New Black is the same thing. Right. Can I can I just compare? Um, I want to compare the one hundred to faking it because yeah. Um, okay. And uh, the way that um, the protagonist Clark's character didn't talk about her sexuality was really great because there was so much more going on in her world that she had to deal with, and it just wasn't important. But faking it focuses on sexuality and identity. So the fact. I feel like that was more justified if she were to actually explore these labels a little bit more. And, I mean, I don't believe that anyone should have to use a label if they don't want to. Not at all. But the fact that we have so little representation um, as queer people out there, it would have been so lovely to have heard those words. <laughs> yes. Um, well, what I like about the 100 is that um, – maybe I zoned out and you already said it. But um, it was that they – it's in a world where labels kind of don't exist anymore. Yep, yep. And I haven't seen Sense8, but I believe it's kind of a similar concept mm. in that I have, I have a feeling, although I probably shouldn't know this for sure, but, like, I think everyone is pansexual in, in Sense8. I don't or that, know for sure, but there's definitely pansexual people, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's explored a lot more because – and that's something that's really cool about dystopian or sci-fi themes is that you can kind of just – what? Oh, this is a segue. <laughs> no, it's yes, not it a is. segue. No, it's a segue. I just, I just like dystopia. No, 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 no. Isn't, I'm going to use this as a segue. Okay, would you like to take a break to play some music? Because we're actually halfway through the episode now. If you'd like to, go for or, it. Or would you like to just keep going? We don't have to play music at all. Well, do you feel like playing music? Well, I did say I'd play disco music. Like, what if somebody's really holding out to hear Ebba? They might be holding out to hear Ebba, but I really want to ask you about your own work, Ellen. All right. We're not playing Ebba. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's cool. Okay. So, what would you so, like to ask me? we want to talk about dystopia, we want to talk about queer themes, and something you're working on right now is your very own novella. Is that the right term to use? I guess so, yeah. And I want you to tell me about it, because this is definitely writing the work you want to see. Okay, before I start, can I just say a couple of things? Mm-hmm. I want to just say thanks to Jaslyn for telling us that we sound okay, because Kathy Jaslyn. was concerned. Oh, I also great. want to say, great. Jaslyn's great, and if you like um, podcasts by queer women, Kathy, Jaslyn, and I have a podcast called High Expectations Podcast, and we talk about a lot of the things we're talking about here today. I like we media, queerness, relationships, yep. and um, there's no set theme, but it's just fun. It is fun. Um, yeah, and Jaslyn's awesome. Just general promotion of Jaslyn. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about your work. I'm really happy that she told us that you could hear That's us. That's so great. And she's our only listener as far as I know. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, so basically, my book. So when it, what I was saying about sci-fi and dystopia, which are some of my favorite genres mm-hmm. of TV show. Why are they some and, of your favorite? Okay, so dystopia I'm obsessed with, and I can't tell you why. I think it's because the stakes are really high. There's often a lot of political elements. 
um, yeah, it's very, I don't know. I'm just obsessed. Um, I love the fact that there are so many different concepts. Like I'm reading a book at the moment about a dystopian society where no one can sleep and then the after effects of that and society just collapses because no one's getting any sleep. And it's just fascinating to me that there are so many different ways you can take a dystopia, mm-hmm. like so many different reasons why the world could fail. Um, are you all right? Yeah. Um, okay. And sci-fi is a little bit more problematic. I'm not like a traditional sci-fi lover. I'm not huge on the whole Star Wars, but I do like Star Wars. It's just like no girls make out and like, you know, there's only <laughs> one woman and no, not that there is now, now there's a good, it's a good franchise. I would say there's more representation <laughs> and hopefully some queer relationships are going to be coming up and, and later installments. Good. But by that, I mean, I'm not really much of a mainstream sci-fi lover. I kind of like more like niche media. I have been a Doctor Who fan in the past. Um, I'm a really big fan of, Um, Margaret Atwood's work who'd call herself um, speculative fiction Mm -hmm. rather than science fiction so that's kind of what I mean I think I like women writers I like queer fiction and science fiction often doesn't fit into that mold it's often written for by men Mm -hmm. for men yeah and I really do mean that like there's sci-fi franchises which just the female characters are just two-dimensional like they just don't appeal to me in the same way and I just get overwhelmed when I look at the sci-fi section there are so many authors I don't know but I like science fiction themes I like time travel I'm obsessed with the movie Back to the Future for example oh yeah it's great um I like parallel universes mm. I like playing with those ideas different worlds you know different exactly. time frames so I'm and robots so at the moment I'm writing a book just to bring it back around about robots and um, did you know, Kathy, that in, re- uh, in recent in the recent future? Mm-hmm. Sorry, what? Does that make sense? In the soon to be? No, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Everyone knows it. It's fine. Yeah, go on. You get what I mean. So I was going to call and be like, actually, when you said in recent future, it's making sense. So I hate it's you now. <laughs> in the recent oh, future, anxiety, eh? And <laughs> the does that make any sense? No, no, just in go the with soon it. to be, um, robots will be able to have feelings. No. And form relationships. No. Yes. No. No, you, absolutely. Where did you hear this? I read it in, in an article. It's true. <laughs> no, I did read it in an article, though. How can you simulate feelings, though? Oh, this is getting they, just they, I don't stuff. know. I really should look into it more if I want to write about robots. Uh, but they are developing robots that are going to have the, um, you know, the human ability to feel so they, and, to, mean, and to think. So a high level of oh human intelligence. God, so so there is going to be, yeah, there's going to be an artificial intelligence that we have always feared developed and maybe about 50 years and um, the real doll industry is totally into it so oh like they're God. like cool yep we're gonna make these these robots for people and so I and that came out and I read about that when I was thinking about this concept of so I want to write more about women I want to write more about queer themes but I'm also really into sci-fi mm. so I thought I'd write about a future in which robots it's sort of like a Stepford's wife type thing, but the reverse. Robots are replacing wives and partners mm-hmm. so that um, in, in their entitled owners, sorry, not sorry, um, can have all of the trappings of a relationship but actually have that control because way- they don't have human rights. Okay. And my book is about three robots owned by one man in which they're basically – I've. I'm halfway through it, so I know a lot more about it now, mm. in which they're basically trying to regain those rights, or to actually, sorry, gain those equal rights to people. Um, and and it's also a lot about um, thinking about themselves as women and the performance of being a woman, because okay. whether or not you think gender is a performance, 
these robots are very much just performing. Oh, yeah. And so their identity is much different from ours. Um, and also their sexuality is much different from ours. So at the moment I'm writing about two of the main voices. So it's a switching narrative between two of the robots who are slowly falling in love with each other. Can I ask something? Romantically. That yes. sounds absolutely fantastic. And of course, I, I already know what you're writing about because um, okay. I'm your editor. But um, in this world, is it just females that are robots? Or can you have robots of any sort of gender? Yes. Oh, so the story you're focusing on is is the fact that there's one male and he has three robot partners. Yes. Okay, cool. Just to clarify that for everyone else. Um, that's fantastic. So you have two robots slowly falling in love with each other. Yes. So it's a little wow. bit... Sorry, your question is a bit complicated because it's basically... Um, how do you put it? Um, it's supply and demand. So okay, I, I see. Yeah, it's a commercial thing. So there's a model mm-hmm. of a particular... So it's like car models. So if a lot of people want a specific model, they generate quite a lot of it. I or see. if it's used for a particular purpose. So one of my characters is um, a former droid, meaning that they um, w- would previously used in warfare but the model is is now being used to um serve homes Mm -hmm. and so she has this conflict where she's like i i'm meant to be served for another purpose but i'm bored here in this domestic duty whereas some of the other characters are incredibly rare models and therefore really expensive so um yeah like uh, i guess it would be like owning a lamborghini or maybe it would be even more than that it would be like owning an an iPhone 7 model before anyone else does and no one else ever gets the opportunity to buy it because it's so expensive. So that's what these robots are like. So if you wanted to individually um, manufacture your own robot of a particular gender or of, or anything, basically, um, you, would, you could do that, but you'd have to pay top dollar to have that manufactured. I see. That's cool. Yeah, that's kind of my imaginings anyway. So because the supply and demand is for men to have female robots Mm -hmm. and I'm just going with that according to you know mass media and what and and what I see men consuming cis men yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah that's cool um that's an observation of mine sorry to interrupt because we've got two minutes left yeah um I just want you to um tell me about why did you want me to talk about my book I could go on forever oh no I know I know I don't want it to stop I love hearing about it um but I just I'd love for you to tell me about so it sounds like um, these um, robots are in, would you say, a polyamorous relationship with the man that owns them or has them? In okay. To talk to me about that a little bit. This is going to take more than two minutes because I think that polyamory involves everyone agreeing to it. Okay, I see. So, so I, yeah, and I don't think the robots have agreed um, to be in relationships they are obligated to. I see. Okay. So it's a different transaction than it would be not transaction, it's a different um, concept to what a polyamorous relationship is because a polyamorous mm. relationship is I want to have a relationship with you and yeah. with multiple other people and everyone's consenting in that mm. but that's the main struggle in my text essentially they haven't agreed to be in the role mm. that they are and some of them know it from the get go and the other ones have to come to that conclusion through yeah. having their rights restricted yeah okay, I see so just to give you a general idea, one of the robots, um, when she speaks out, is actually shut down. And she's very loyal to her, um, her owner or partner before that. But then after that, she realises that she doesn't actually want to be obligated to him anymore. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. Okay. I know that they discover a lot of autonomy and power throughout the course of the book as well, the course of the story, mm. which is really 
inspiring? Yeah, um, it's still coming to fruition, so it may never see the light of day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a general concept right now. Yeah. And I think there are some things I need to think about. Like, I definitely wanted to look into if they have a performance of gender, is their gender relevant and that type of thing? That's a cool point, actually. Um, all right. That's a question to leave with you all. This has been Inside Out Radio Show, Speak Out, and we are... That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard.